Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today, I want to tackle a really important topic of contracts. There is no construction project that you can take on that doesn't include contracts. And lately, there has been so much construction work being scheduled and researched that, of course, contracts is becoming a really hot topic. Now, this all started inside my course, Only Girl on the Job Site. And if you aren't familiar with this course, it is something I built to walk you step by step through the process of running and managing your own project, just like I do. The greatest part about it is the private Facebook group that you automatically get to join with lifetime access. That is where there's interaction between members, interaction between me and members, and where so much additional knowledge is shared. And this past week, the topic of contracts came up. There is a member who is bidding out a project and unfortunately, during the process, uncovered mold and mildew issues, which breaks your heart because obviously funds that had been allocated to a construction project is now going to be segued into the remediation of mold and mildew. And while that is an enormous surprise, and like I said, surprises happen, it shouldn't derail the project. So we were talking back and forth about contracts. Now, in this particular case, she had gotten three estimates and there was an enormous range in the final prices. One was 20-something thousand, one was 50-something thousand, and one was 80-something thousand. Now, when I see numbers like that, all sorts of bells and whistles and red flags start going off in my head. You should never have estimates that are that far off. couple of reasons why. One, if your contractors are what I would call the same level, meaning you're not getting a bid from a two-man team, and the second bid is from a mid-sized construction company that might have one or two teams, and then the third one is from a humongous construction company that might have seven to 10 teams. You want your estimates coming from similar size companies so that their overhead costs will also be similar. So first and foremost, that hit my radar. I said, there's something wrong here. Now, when we went back and forth, she did determine that the scope of work wasn't the same for the three. She had added and changed and that all three were no longer on the same page. That is critical. You must have your scope of work crystal clear for all three people bidding if you're bidding it to three different companies, so that the numbers are as close to apples to apples as possible. That way you can actually figure out where the differences lie, right? I mean, if everybody's on the same page, then you can compare the numbers in a more realistic way. The second thing to look for was one of her contracts just had lump sums, meaning it had a brief description of what was going to happen and then a lump sum 
for the total cost. Now, this woman and her project are on the other side of the country from me, and I'm not as familiar with the cost per square foot or hourly wages in that part of the country, but truly it doesn't really matter. And let me explain why. So a general lump sum would never float in my book. I don't want to know the total cost. I can calculate that. I want to know what the breakdown is. And a good contract should include both. So for instance, it should, whatever the scope of work is, it should say, you know, $65 per hour, estimating 10 hours. Okay, so the total cost is $650. That's what you really want to see. And the reason you want to see it is because then you can appreciate it. There's some accountability in those numbers, right? So if we use that example, they're estimating 10 hours. That is something you can track. Now, I'm not saying you have a stopwatch in the morning and you click it as they walk in the door, you monitor their work during the day, and you click it on their way out. No, that would just be obnoxious and counterproductive. But what you can do is in your weekly meetings, because remember, you are going to be setting up and managing weekly meetings, you can specifically ask about that point. How are you coming? How many hours are you in? Now, he may not be able to say we are 3.25 hours complete, but he might be able to say we're a third of the way through. Okay, so we're estimating around three or four hours have already taken place. Now you can keep track inside your budget, inside that contract, where you stand. And again, I don't mean for you to ever be aggressive with this information. It is simply sharing information, and it's you simply holding accountable the work that it was proposed in the contract and now being performed. So please hear me when I repeat over and over again that this information should never come in an aggressive form. Because again, as I'm always saying, you're a team member. So you are just simply asking for data. How far along have we come? There's the data. Now you can put it into however you're tracking it, whether it's a spreadsheet or notes and a short outline, but now there's data to be shared. So the third thing that really caught my eye was on the over $50,000 estimate that this woman had received. And in that, they only requested a $1,000 deposit. Now, where I live and work, that is an extremely low number for a deposit. And it concerns me because it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of skin in the game, right? If you're giving only $1,000 towards an over $50,000 estimate, is that construction company really committed to your project? Are they taking you as a serious homeowner and as a serious client and keeping to their end of the bargain, meaning their timelines, the start, the middle, the end dates, and things of that nature? And then beyond that, there was no payment structure noted. Payment structures are, in my opinion, sort of an annoying thing. There doesn't seem to be an industry standard. It seems that maybe certain parts of the country run it certain ways. Different companies inside those areas will run it their own way. I would really recommend that you give some serious thought as to what kind of payment structure plan works best for you and your finances. And then you propose it. If it's not written into an estimate, I think it's to your benefit to raise the point in the beginning and negotiate one that works best for you. So some of the payment structure plans I've seen are an initial deposit is pretty standard, and then they will ask for progress payments. Sometimes they call them a draw payment. 
This is where I think it gets a little confusing because some companies ask for a progress or draw payment at a certain percentage of the job. Let's say 25% of the job, they're going to ask for more money. Well, 25% or any percentage, I find incredibly difficult to evaluate. And, and trust me, I have been asked to be the one to evaluate, right? A client will turn to me and say, Renee, they're asking me for the 25% completed payment. Do you think that's fair? 25%, it is really hard to actually put numbers to that. I mean, especially the larger projects where you might have things going on in separate spaces of the house. So I personally like to recommend people do it by a date, right? So if the project is going to run three months, maybe you do progress payments in each month, right? So you're going to do a deposit. You would then have your first progress payment at the end of the first month, the end of the second month, and then the balance due at the end of the third month, assuming the job runs as scheduled, right? To me, that just makes more sense. It removes areas of arguments, right? It removes any kind of insecurity on the part of the homeowner thinking, gee, I don't know, are they really 25% through? And the uh, contractor, you know, saying, of course we are, lady, we're actually more. It just takes all of that out by putting an actual date in. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is your own finances. I have had clients who work on commission base for the most part, and they wanted to structure their payment plans around that. So for instance, this one client, they received their commission in, on the 15th of the month every other month. Well, then he wanted to pay the contractor by the 20th of that month. And that was agreed upon, right? It made sense for everyone. Now, it may not make sense for your project. It just depends on the timing, length of project, and when they need that money. And a little side note, the reason they need these progress payments is they're actually paying their guys day in and day out, right? Every Friday, those workers are getting a paycheck. And so basically, and why I questioned the deposit on that one woman's contract being so low is that they're covering the materials and labor for an extended period of time before they take their next payment. And so that is an area that I really think you need to fully understand, one, what they're asking of you, two, what you're committing to, and three, does it work for you? And that is an area that you absolutely have some control in and should be negotiating for. So these are the three areas that concern me the most about this member of our only girl on the job site community. And I don't need to be living in her community. I don't need to walk into that meeting with her to empower her with the same questions I would ask. And that's why this private Facebook group is so amazing, right? So I encouraged her to take those three bids, make sure the scope of work is equal, write it up, actually put it in writing and resend it. Have the guys relook at their numbers. Trust me, if three companies took the time to estimate her project, they want the work. You should be giving them the opportunity to be in a fair bidding war, if you want to call it that, a fair bidding evaluation period so that they could possibly win the job, right? That's what they're there for. They want the work. So one, she needed to go back and make sure really carefully review her scope of work and have these contracting companies resubmit estimates. Now, I know that's going to take time. It might take two weeks. And where we are today with all of the 
crazy amount of construction work going on, it might take more than two weeks. So this is, again, why I tell everyone to plan really far in advance so that your expectations of when the work can start can be achieved. So she's going to go back. She's going to review her scope of work. She's going to send it out to the three companies and have them resubmit their bids, right? Then she's going to go back to this specific company that estimated in the 50s, because again, she doesn't want another estimate with these lump sums. One, it doesn't give her the information she needs. And two, it makes it very hard for her to compare to the other estimates who did break their numbers out. So she's going to ask him to fine tune his numbers, break it down into hours, the estimate of number of hours they think it will take to achieve. And that lump sum should be the same amount. Now, I'm not telling her to accuse him of padding his numbers, but what it will do, the nice hidden bonus, is it will tell him that she's coming at this from a professional standpoint, and she's going to be reviewing his numbers. Now, is he trying to rip her off? I certainly don't know that from this one contract, but if he is, he will stop because he will be caught because she's asking for so much more detailed information. So do you see there's a double benefit to this? She will get more knowledge and he will know that she's coming at this from a professional point of view and he will keep his pencil sharp. Do you see that? That's important. And then lastly, this payment structure. I'm really not comfortable with someone taking on a 50,000 plus job and only putting $1,000 towards it for deposit. To me, that tells me something's wrong. And so never be afraid to question something that just doesn't sit right. You may not be able to figure out why, but that doesn't matter. You need to question something that just doesn't feel right. And then again, work through that payment structure plan. You want to know in the beginning, right? And you're going to have to come up with some pretty significant payments. You don't want to come home on a Tuesday and the contractor says, hey, by Friday, I need $30,000. And you look at him and go, oh my gosh, I've got to move money around. I mean, I have sat there in these conversations where the client's like, I have to move the money around from certain accounts. That can't happen for X number of reasons. And then everybody is upset. The client's really freaked out and stressed. The contractor's pissed because he's got some payments on his end he needs to make. Avoid all of that by discussing it in the beginning and again, managing it throughout your weekly meetings. So for instance, if a payment is due on the 30th of every month, maybe on the meeting of the third week of that month, you say, hey, we're still on track. I'll have you that check by the end of the month. Now, do you have to remind him that it's coming? No. But what that does, again, is tells the contractor you're coming at it from a professional standpoint. He's not going to have to chase you around for a payment. You understand he has costs that he has to cover on your behalf and everybody's on the same page. It's just to me, a no-brainer and a serious win-win for you. You will have such a smoother project by covering these details in the beginning and then maintaining them as the project goes on. So I am waiting for this woman to get back to me. She was going to reach out to the contractors, go through the things that we discussed, but I just can't tell you enough how important these interactions are inside this Facebook group. So again, if you are thinking about starting a construction project and you want to run it professionally from start to finish, 
I really encourage you to go over to my website and check out all of the details on the course because having these tools at your disposal and the community to bounce ideas and issues and problems off of is really changing the game for so many of these women. So again, contracts are important. So please take them seriously. Go through the details. Keep these three key points in mind. Are they bidding the same scope of work? Is this broken out so I can A, compare them to each other and B, fully understand and hold accountable throughout the project? And then lastly, the payments. Are these structured in a way that makes sense for me, my finances, and the project? And then beyond that, don't be afraid to question things you don't understand. I just can't say that enough. Please don't agree to things you don't understand. Now, there are so many other things about contracts. I could go on literally for days about this, but these items are really important and and just came up this past week inside the Facebook group. So I wanted to share this information while it was really top of mind and seems to be so critical right now with all this amazing construction work that's underway and being planned. So if you have any questions about this topic, please feel free to reach out to me. And again, I really encourage you to check out this course and join this community of women as we support each other through the next construction project. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email me or direct message me through social media, and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone, as I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devignedesign.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.